Three Times Lucky by Sheila Turnage. Chapter 13. Don't Call Me Baby. Miss Lana shoved the bag lunches into the Underbird's back seat, tossed her fan beside them, and opened the driver's door. You're really driving? I said, backing away from the car. Couldn't we call Miss Rose or hire a driver? Bad news is best delivered in person, and I have no driver at the moment, she said, sliding behind the wheel. Everybody's either working or at Jessie's. Besides, I've already called Rose once this morning to update her on Mason's condition. That bulletin sent her to the garden for the rest of the day. Dale will be in shackles before I can reach her again by phone, she said, squinting at the dashboard. That garden has saved Rose a fortune in therapy over the years, she muttered. It's cranked out some good tomatoes, too, I said, but you still can't... Mo, please get in the car. She tugged the rearview mirror down and applied a fresh coat of lipstick. We'll drop the lunches off on our way. I slid in. Miss Lana, I said. Yes, sugar. I think maybe I'd better drive. She glared at me, her wig glistening gold in the sun. How old are you? Eleven, I said. And why should you drive? I looked away. Because, Miss Lana, I said, you don't know how. She graced me with a stony silence, the chill rolling off her in the noonday heat. Everybody in town knows you can't drive, I said. It's common knowledge. There is nothing common about knowledge, she replied. The fact that I haven't driven doesn't mean I can't. Now, she said, tilting her head, this vehicle is new to me. Where is the ignition? I slumped in my seat, fastened my seatbelt, and prepared to die. Right there, I muttered, pointing. I closed my eyes as she turned the key. I am ready to back up now, if common knowledge will allow, she said, studying the gear shift. I sighed. The underbird is an automatic. Just put that pointer on R. R, she said, placing her foot on the accelerator and pressing it toward the floor. It means reverse, I shouted over the engine's roar. You don't give it gas until after. She yanked the gear shift to R. The underbird lunged backward and we skidded across the parking lot in a spray of gray gravel and dust. Only our collision with a sycamore kept us from careening around the building down into the backyard. See, she said, taking her foot from the gas. D means drive. This time, shift before you give it gas. That way, spinning wheels and flying gravel chewed up the end of my sentence, spitting it across the parking lot like a fighter spitting teeth, and we were on our way. To my relief, Miss Lana had the underbird somewhat under control by the time we swerved into Mr. Jesse's drive. I thought so anyway, until she took dead aim at a throng of our neighbors. Use the brake, I cried, diving into the foot of the car and slamming both hands onto the brake. Lunch, dears, she called as a pine branch whipped across our windshield. Mo, she said, get up. People will think you're daft. Yes, ma'am, I muttered, wiping the grit from my hands. Ten minutes later, we reached for Miss, we headed for Mrs. Ro- Miss Rose's. Dale's house is around this curve, I said. I mentioned that, B, because you might want to slow down by using the brake, I added. She hunched over the wheel. Rose is already depressed, so we'll present our news gently, she said, easing up on the gas. Be positive. Follow my lead. She gave the steering wheel a tug to the left. The tires screamed as we skidded across the asphalt, bounced off the drive, and crunched across Miss Rose's petunia bed. As we lurched to a halt with our front left tire on the porch step, Miss Rose dropped her hoe and sprinted toward us. P is her park, I instructed as the underbird issued an ominous hiss. I opened my door and stepped out. Remember, Miss Lana said, be positive. Hey, Miss Rose, I said, smiling. I'm sorry Mr. Mason took drunk again, but at least there ain't nobody in jail yet. That's positive. 
Mama, Dale cried, pounding around the corner of the house. I heard tires. Is Lavender here? Oh, he said, spotting me and Miss Lana. He stared at the pine branch trapped beneath the underbird's windshield wiper, his mouth falling open. Hello, dear friends, Miss Lana said, opening her door as far as the front porch would allow. She slithered out sideways, wiggling her butt along the porch until she reached the back of the car. Gosh, Dale said, I didn't know you could drive. She can't, Miss Rose said, her voice flat as her petunias. Like Dale, Miss Rose has a firm grasp of the obvious. Rose, Miss Lana said, if you don't mind, we need to talk. You don't have any tea, do you? I'm parched. A half glass of iced tea later, the four of us roared back toward Mr. Jesse's place with Miss Rose at the wheel. Dale and me huddled in the back seat. I could feel him trembling. I pressed my shoulder against his, trying to will my calm into his body. I just know I'm going to jail, he whispered. No, you ain't, I told him. You're a juvenile. Besides, even if you do, it won't be so bad. You can bond with the incarcerated side of your family, and I'll bring you your homework assignments so you don't fall behind in school. Great he muttered. Jail time and math? My life can't get no worse than this. He was wrong. Dale's life got a lot worse just about the time Detective Star started asking questions. So, you admit to stealing the boat? Star asked, taking his notepad from his pocket and sitting on Mr. Jesse's porch rail. I tugged my clue pad out of the pocket and settled in the porch swing beside Dale. Dale didn't steal nothing, I said. Stealing is such a harsh concept, Miss Lana agreed popping her fan open. Dale didn't say he stole Jesse's boat. He said he returned it. That's right, I said. Dale, Star said, I'm talking to you, son. I, I guess it might look like I stole it, but I didn't, Dale stammered. I just borrowed it good and strong. Me and a friend wanted to go fishing is all. Fishing ain't no crime, I added quickly. Depends on what kind of license you got, Star said and the blood ran from Dale's face. It's just like Dale to worry about getting caught without a fishing license after he admitted to stealing a boat. Who were you going fishing with? Star asked. Me, I said, saving Dale, having to rat me out. Dale, Star said, I'm talking to you. I was going to take it back, Dale looked at Miss Rose. I did take it back, he pleaded. Miss Rose nodded, she sat in Mr. Jesse's rickety old rocking chair, her hands folded calm as prayers in her lap. To me, she looked worried. When did you return it? Star asked. Right after my brother invited me and Moe time lapsed at Carolina Raceway, Dale said. Yesterday, same day we saw you at the Speedway with Miss Retzel. Such a good boy, Miss Lana said, beaming at him. You took that boy boat back out of the goodness of your own heart, didn't you, Dale? No, ma'am, Dale said. I took it back because we needed the reward money for fried bologna sandwiches. I winced. Dale is not cut out for a life of crime. Tell me about the boat, Star said. Well, Mr. Jesse hardly ever used it. I only hid it a ways down from his place. He could have found it if he really wanted to. Star looked at Dale, his eyes hard. Tell me about taking it back. Dale shoved his hands in his pocket. I made, it made him look smaller somehow. Well, he said, I walked the boat up the creek. Then I went over to Mr. Jesse's house and knocked on his door. And Mr. Jesse, he come to the door and he said, Afternoon, Dale. How's your mother? And I said, Oh, she's fine, Mr. Jesse. I sure hope you are. I got exciting news for you. I found your boat. I hope it wasn't a hardship not having it. And he said, Not at all. Thank you, son. Here's your reward money. And I left. Star looked up from his notes. 
No kidding, he said. That was real cordial. Sure, Dale said. Mr. Jesse was real cordial man. Star scratched an eyebrow. Well, I guess I'm a little surprised, he said. What From what folks have told me, I didn't think Jesse Tatum was a particularly cordial kind of guy. Did you find him cordial, Miss Rose? Of course not, she snapped. Dale Earnhardt Johnson III, you stop this foolishness, she said, cracking her words like a whip. You tell Detective Star the truth, and you tell it now. Yes, ma'am, Dale said. His chin quivered, and he looked at Star. Maybe just you and me could talk, he said, man to man. Dale, whatever it is, just say it, Miss Rose said, her voice gentler now. He looked across the yard, fixing on Star's car like he could stare the shine right off of it. All right, he said. I walked the boat up the creek to Mr. Jesse's dock, and I knocked on the door like I said. Mr. Jesse came to the door in his pants and his undershirt, and he unlatched the door and pushed it open, and... Dale took a deep breath, and he said, What are you doing on my door, Stoop, you no-good son-of-white-trash drunk? Miss Rose gasped, but Miss Lana nodded. That's the Jesse I know, she said. Dale's voice was low. Then Mr. Jesse said, You get your scrawny good-for-nothing self off my land before I call the law, and you tell your daddy if I see him on my land again, I'll call the law on him too. No warning given. Then I said, I'll be glad to get off your filthy scrap of swamp soon as you pay the reward you owe me for getting your boat back, you ugly old waste of human skin. And if you got a message from my daddy, you can deliver it yourself if he ain't scared. Then he said, You think I'm shelling out ten bucks on the word of Mason Johnson's leftovers? You show me my boat if you got it. So he walked down to the creek and he saw his boat. He gave me ten dollars and no thank you, and I skedaddled. Star nodded. Which way did you go? Through the woods? Who was with you? Nobody. I raised my hand. Even if somebody was with him, which there wasn't, it wasn't me, I said. I can tell you. An alibi if needed. Star didn't take his eyes off Dale. Don't lie to me, son, he said. There were two sets of footprints where you hid the boat, and there were two sets on the creek bed by the dock, yours and an adult's. Two sets of footprints? I'll ask you again, Star said. Who was with you? Nobody, Dale said, looking scared. I got the boat and walked up to the creek. I tied it right about where I found it. Where it was when you stole it? Star asked. I object, I said. We've already established this wasn't a technical steal. This is more like a surprise borrowing between neighbors. Don't say nothing, Dale, I warned. Star turned to Miss Rose. Doesn't sound like Mr. Jesse thought much of your husband. She looked suddenly tired. Nobody thinks much of my husband, she said. Can't say that I blame them. Where was he last night? He came home around eight. He left maybe three hours later. I'm not sure where he came from or where he went. Had he been drinking? He's always been drinking, Dale said. You leave Mama out of this. Star ignored him. What size shoes does your husband wear? Nine, nine and a half? Well, here's the situation, Star said. I've got Dale's footprints and an adult footprints at the scene of the crime. Dale admits stealing Jesse Tatum's boat. Your husband was drinking and his whereabouts at the time of the murder are unknown. So I need you to fill in some blanks for me, unless you really do want to call a lawyer. Now Miss Rose looked scared. I don't know that I can fill in many blanks, she said, but I can tell you Dale is no murderer. She gave Dale a look that would break a stone. A thief, maybe, but not a murderer. I promise, Dale said, his eyes filling with tears. I didn't steal nothing, and I don't know whose footprints got tangled up with mine. I thought back to Dale returning the boat, and then farther back to the day he took it. 
I know, I said quietly. I studied my notes until everyone was looking. There's no need to waste a dramatic pause. That's what Miss Lana says. Those prints you found were from lavender shoes. Lavenders? Miss Rose cried, grabbing Miss Lana's arm for support. Dale blinked and then smacked himself on the forehead. Right, he said. Lavender shoes made those prints, only he wasn't in them. See, when I decided to borrow Mr. Jesse's boat, I borrowed lavender sandals, too. They're huge. That way, if Mr. Jesse saw my footprints, he'd think somebody else stole his boat. Star blinked, startled. Hold on, he said. Lavender is... My brother, Dale said, the race car driver. What size shoe does he? Twelve, Miss Rose said. Star stared at Dale, his face thoughtful. That would explain why the footprints are so shallow, he said. You can't weigh more than what, 70 pounds? 72, Dale muttered. Like I say, Dale is the second smallest in our class behind Salamander. He's sensitive. Dale and me been busy, I told Star. He ain't had time to grow. The important thing is, Dale didn't have no accomplice except a pair of sandals. And where are those sandals now? In the cafe, I told him, by the drink machine. I'll need them, he said. He studied Dale, looking friendlier now. Dale, I'd like for you to ride out of here in the back of my car. In fact, come here. Dale stepped forward uncertainly as Star produced a pair of handcuffs. Hold out your hands. Now I object, Miss Lana cried. We want an attorney, Miss Rose said, stepping in front of Dale. I'm not charging Dale with anything, Star said. If you let him ride out in cuffs, I'll take them off as soon as we get to the cafe. Dale's no killer, I know that, but there's a chance the killer's watching this investigation, and if he thinks Dale's our suspect, he might get sloppy. Sexist, Miss Lana hissed. The killer could be a woman. Could be, Star said. In fact, it could be a woman in a bad wig, for all I know. Miss Lana's hand flew to her wig. Rose, it's a lot to ask, but it could really help, he said. I'd want people to think I've released Dale into your custody. Dale, I need you to let people see the handcuffs when we drive out. A setup, I breathed. Excellent. Rose, I'm not going to lie. We don't have many leads. If you'll agree to this, we'll watch Dale like he's our own until this case is closed, he said, and we'll hope Mr. Jesse's real killer makes this mistake, either because he thinks he's in the clear or because he doesn't like somebody else taking credit for his work. Either way, mistakes work in our favor. Dale looked at me, his blue eyes full of questions. If you're in, I'm in, I said. What What would we have to do, Dale asked. Star gave him a quick smile. Do whatever it is you do when you're not conning cantankerous old men out of pocket change and interfering with my investigation. We'll do the rest. Star glanced at Miss Rose. My deputy is renting a room from Priscilla Retzel, and I'm staying in Greenville. Between us, we're here 24-7. What do you say? Miss Rose looked at Dale. Baby? Dale squared his shoulders. Don't call me baby, he said, and held out his thumb.